0: see a person institute is a research and training institute using collaborative dialogical practices to rebuild lives here we see you as a person not as a diagnosis that may have defined or limited you in the past here we believe in you the narratives of pain and suffering our clients begin with are transformed into conversations honoring their innate strengths resilience and hope for the future This podcast is to inspire and share stories of hope and healing for both people who suffer and the people that are trying to support them. Hi everyone, Uh, welcome to Now I See a Person Institute. Um, Today it's myself, Emma McIntosh and Dr. Susan Swim and David Abramovich, um, and today we are going to talk about how, how we create conversational spaces in the work that we do that lead to wellness um, for the people that use our our um, come to our ranch and have conversations with us. So, Dr. Susan Swim, I think you're going to start us off, aren't you? Yes, I think so. I think so. Thank you, Emma. So,
1: in, in thinking about what we were going to talk about today, there were lots of different ideas that um, were were prominent. And you know, one is that we're starting to think of um, clients in their journey to wellness rather than calling um, it mental health or mental health challenges or mental health um, that people achieve uh, a status of mental health. And so in thinking and hearing our clients in their journeys to mental wellness, um, it, it makes us think as clinicians, how do we participate in that? And, and how do we create a dialogical space where their voice is heard, and their voice is prominent. And that we, as listeners, that that we're guided by the client, but that we are also what Harlene Anderson has described as we're, we're a conversational artist. So within that idea of being a conversational artist, we, we try to hold these, these conversational spaces that we have with a client as sacred. And that it's not just something that we're having a conversational space that we learned in a book in graduate school or that you know somehow we were trained. You know the, the relational aspects of this between the hearer and the person that's trying to be heard is extremely important. I was reading recently about someone saying it was dangerous to talk about that the um, relationship between client and therapist was one of the most important components of a client's journey to wellness. And that person was saying, you know, how, and, how would you be able to teach learners what a therapeutic relationship is? And I think that for us, um, at Now I See a Person Institute, that the conversational space leads to the ideas on, on process ethics. And I think that we've spoken of process ethics in the past and that it's, it's that meaningful interpersonal space between a therapist and client that leads to solutions for the client. And so I think there's many ways of talking about this ethical endeavor, but one is honoring that the client can, can lead the, the therapist and what is important for that client to resolve on that day what's important for the client to have hope that what they want to be able to resolve will be able to resolve. And that it's always a conversational space where the, the, all of our ideas on, on are, are pure and that we don't have ideas of prejudice as Tom Anderson used to describe that we don't have ideas on what this client should or should not be doing, that we're able to hear with purity what the client wants and how they've come to this journey of what they want at this point in time. And so it's very easy to get out of a conversational space and to think that a client is um, perhaps not telling the truth, that the client, that their goals maybe are too broad, that um, maybe they're not being, quote unquote, a good person at that point in time. It's very easy for a therapist or provider of services to get out of a conversational space when in our mind, the conversational space is the key to change. So maybe David or Emma, you guys could talk a little bit more on that.
2: Hi, this is David. Um, So when Dr. Swim was speaking, um, the notion of sacred conversations in a sacred space kept on um, entering uh, my mind. And I feel like the conversations that we have with our clients um, are all sacred. You know, whether we're talking about to simple things like their day or what have you, but eventually they lead to conversations that, um, uh, that, that are, that are healing and, um, and it's through these conversations that, um, our clients transcend, um, what they've been told, uh, they are in, what they've been told who they are and um, what they've been told their limitations are. Um, I'm thinking about a particular client that came to uh, the ranch and was exhibiting what um, people would call psychotic symptoms for um, six months. Um, However, through creating a space where they could be who they are, talk about who they are, talk about their experiences, and just be who they are at that point in time, they were able to ultimately begin the healing process and um, and begin to thrive on the other side. Um, so I think it's essential that we have these sacred conversations in, a space that um, allows the client to be their authentic self and only then can clients heal from whatever trauma they've experienced in the past that's leading to their symptoms that ultimately they're able to shed and begin to live their best lives
0: yeah and i'm i'm also thinking david about um families that have come to the ranch um where you know they're separated families and they have um you know been separated for a while and there's difficulties around co-parenting and um they've been able to come to the ranch and, you know, there's high conflict between them and they've just, we've created the, the safe conversational space where they've been able to um, see each other in a different light and see each other, see each other's um, journey. Like in terms of their co-parenting, they've just created this, space where they feel they both feel heard and they both feel like they can co-create a new future together um and co-parent together you know they they've been able to and um just see each other differently and hear each other differently they've maybe said those things before to each other But somehow, in that space at the ranch, that conversational space that has been created, they've been able to hear it more from each other, Um, and that's something that that came to my mind when I was listening to to you speak, um, Doctor Swim. So one of the things that came to my
1: mind from listening to both of you guys is that for for some of these, for most of these cases that you're or cases, I hate to say that, but people that we have. that we have had the opportunity to dialogue with is that we it's been a combination of the ranch and and via telehealth, and so you know maybe that is something that we can talk about in the future is is um, and we've I think that we've also talked about before is that regardless is is at the ranch or it's via some type of telehealth that these. These process ethics of what we try to entertain with any 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 conversational space um, are 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 prominent. That if people have the respect and the honor to be able to tell their stories, even if, as in some of these cases, these stories were very at odds with each other, that eventually that uh, they 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 have conversations that are full of self solutions and these solutions do not come you know from again from books or from some type of rote theory that you do something with the client but it's all about being with the client as they journey for wellness and in what ways are we able to support the clients and their families and this time of need, in this time of hopelessness. And, you know, for me, it's a very, it's a very humbling experience. And it's a very honoring experience to be welcomed into these people's lives and to be trusted so much to, to have conversations of hope, not conversations on what do you do with triggers or how do you manage this or that, but conversations of hope. How are things going to be when Mm -hmm. wellness does occur? So maybe you guys could wrap this up and we have um, always are looking for input from our listeners to be able to share these stories in a way that is beneficial to them. So um, maybe Emma and David, you might be able to just reflect on on what we talked about, and then talk about how uh, the listeners could
2: um, get in contact with us. Um, just in, in closing, um, the work that we do, I feel is uh, life saving. We go from. Um, disparity to hope to thriving and uh, that process only happens through process that's ethics and creating a safe space for um, our clients to um to journey with us and for us to journey with them so um i think that um that is a pattern that we see uh, repeated, whether we're dealing with um, um, a family, um, an individual, um, or um, a combination of the two. So I I think that when seeing people um, for who they are, that, um, that process happens naturally.
0: Yeah. And, and I think if people want to see, um, our stories of hope that we've shared on our website, they can go on to www.nowseeperson.com, um, and see those stories that have healed. Um, So please, please check out our website and our podcasts as well. Thank you, everybody. Please visit www.nowiseaperson.com for further information. Thank you.